I'm Lynn Borton, host of Choose to be Curious, here with your morning cup of curiosity to go. This week, we departed from our usual format to a tribute show about analogies. Did you know the best business strategists, not to mention advertisers, politicians, and of course writers, rely on them? They've certainly been the integral part of Choose to be Curious. The following scene is a reenactment. That was the death of my big jar of wannabe analogies. There I was, minding my own business, working away diligently at my desk, when a 10-pound hand weight just leapt from my file cabinet and landed with shattering precision on top of my beloved mason jar. There were glass shards and scraps of paper everywhere. The big jar was no more. It was instead a big mess. But the big jar lived a good life, and today's show is a tribute to it and the richness analogies bring to life in general, and these shows in particular. Analogies help us understand something new by framing it with something perhaps more familiar. I thought they would be a fun addition to a show whose true mission is to get people to see things differently anyway. I popped in on Office Hours with Tanya Howe, professor of language and literature at Marymount, to ask about analogies. An analogy kind of compares two things. So it's a lot like a metaphor. It's a metaphor. A metaphor is a kind of analogy. A simile is a kind of analogy. So it compares sort of two unlike things and finds their commonality so that you can see something about both of those things or about something new that you hadn't seen before. That conversation was just a wonderful reminder of how much fun I had with her when she joined me for a whole show on the language we use to express curiosity and how entangled with our images of women that turns out to be. You sent me a definition from the 17th century of curiosity as this frenzied desire to know more than one should. Yeah. Tell me more. Isn't that great, right? It is. So it comes from an emblem book by an Italian uh, writer named Cesare Ripa and his Iconologia. The the emblems are sort of accompanied by these little explanations, right, uh-huh. of the emblems. And he talks about you know, why he's depicted her this way. And he says, she has an abundance of ears and frogs on her robe. Her hair stands up on end, wings on her shoulders, her arms lifted up. She thrusts out her head in a prying posture. It, curiosity as a kind of undisciplined form of knowing gets sort of policed in part by labeling it a kind of feminine thing. Whereas if it's appropriate seeking of knowledge, then, then it's, it's explore then it's, science. Or, right. Then it's yeah, science same. and gratifying one's curiosity, mm-hmm. satisfying one's curiosity, mm-hmm. right? There are all these sorts of embodied, this this embodied language around mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. That That is very much sexualized, which which we see again and again and again in the literature too. And that, that becomes a way to, to police it. Because if it's about, if it's about sexuality, then we have clear understandings of what's appropriate and inappropriate in any given context. At least we think we do. I've been remiss lately in not giving special thanks to Sean Ballack for his many original compositions that accompany these segments. Thanks, Sean. Choose to be curious is a show all about curiosity. 
We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. You can catch our tribute to analogies this week right here on WERA, Wednesday morning at 10 or Friday afternoon at 2.30. And you can catch all my shows on Facebook, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, now iTunes, all at Choose to be Curious. And follow me on Twitter at Choose number two, letter B, Curious. John Pollock, a former Bill Clinton speechwriter and author of a book called Shortcut, How Analogies Reveal Connections, Spark Innovation, and Sell Our Greatest Ideas, sees analogical instinct, the ability to see how certain things are like other things, as at the root of sales and all innovation. One of the greatest examples of that kind of innovation is Bill Klan, who worked for Henry Ford. Back in 1913, he saw the analogy between butchering cows and building cars, and and so the assembly line was born. So as you go into your day, how might an analogy help? Go ahead. Choose to be curious.